microphone. Oh, yeah, and Suzanne. I think Larry's going to join them. So we just want you to know that we rolled out the red carpet for you guys. Just we for usually you guys. don't have these carpets just for out you guys. here. Yeah. We rolled out the red carpet for the Lord, and you guys get to be the first ones to hang out at the red carpet. Yeah, they don't do that for me. Spot. So. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. And so this is Larry and blessings, guys. So you don't need this microphone. Wow, Susan, we're on the spotlight. Wow. <laughs> I just want to share something. Uh, that when, when the music started, sorry, this is when, you, when you're an intercessor and the Lord lead, uses you in, in worship as an intercessor, you get really weepy during worship. And so he, uh, he gave me a vision, though, during worship. I just wanted to share it because I was just going to let it go by, but he was like, no, I, I didn't give that to you just for you. So he's, he was showing me this uh, field, and in this field, okay, in this field, he was, he was taking the hoe and the rake, and he was raking out all the weeds and all these beautiful, beautiful oh, pumpkins and and fruit, all, all kinds of things were growing. And, well, fruit doesn't grow on the ground, except for kennel. But it was like, <laughs> and watermelon. But anyway, he was, all this stuff was growing, and he was, he was pulling the weeds. He was watering it. It was refreshing. It was just refreshing. So today, if you're here and you need a refreshing, reach out for it, because God's got it for you right now, right here, right now. Don't let any of those things that have been beating on us because the evil one just wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal everything that he can get a hold of because he doesn't want you to have victory. He doesn't want you to fulfill your destiny. And God is saying, I am refreshing you right now even as you're growing. Even as you are planted here in the ground, and I'm pulling those weeds, and just receive that refreshing. It was like this water hose of water just coming all over everybody. And there was just this water just coming through the patch. And it was like, ah, oh, it's been such a hard, hot you know, summer. And now we're coming into this beautiful time of refreshing. So I just wanted to share that. Punkin, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know this is Miss Punkin, right? Did you know that I'm Mr. Pumpkin? Did you know that when we're on the road, we're the rolling pumpkins? Did you know that? Did you know that when we take Larry with us, uh, what do we say then, Larry? What are you, you going to call me now? I don't know. No, we call him Scorch sometimes. Scorch. No. <laughs> when we're in Africa. Yeah, right. The cootie. Church, put your hands up. Come on, put your hands up. Say, Lord, on this conference this weekend... The Holy Spirit is brooding over this place. And in this place, we will receive and walk further into our destiny. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give him a clap. Give him a shout. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Right here on my little journal book, Susie, Miss Punkin got me a new one this year. It's called Glory to Jesus, Royal C. Cypher. 
And I filled so many of these up ever since my YWAM days in Honolulu in 1981. And I've been filling these up ever since. See, God speaks to you each and every day, church. Come on, look at here how he spoke to me today. When we took her to the hairdresser today, Larry and I, and he spoke to me. I was in the back seat of the car, and I wrote it on a napkin. <laughs> do you do that? See, he speaks to you all the time. So I've got everything you can imagine, Larry. We, we do that overseas, too, huh? all the time. Well, I had a little ditty here I wanted to read you. Uh, our excitement is this is my 30th year of ministry in uh, 24 countries. We just went to two more states this trip. So we've been in 48 states now and, and 24 nations and uh, a few times we it was a little iffy huh they're always iffy with you Roy <laughs> now what does that mean Larry that just means that uh, there's always trials and tribulations and yet the spirit of God always moves always always moves you don't see if each other's bacon occasionally right yeah, I got more bacon than you do, but uh, yeah, we have saved Yeah, I was going to say something about that. <laughs> I, I'm the skinny dude. That's right, you are. Yeah, I got I got skinny in Vietnam. I was in Vietnam, and I lost seven and a half body parts. That's my that's my excuse, okay? So I can't gain weight, but see, he can. So it's not really fair sometimes, because I can just eat and eat. In the middle of the night, I'm snacking, and Larry's over there. Oh, I wish I could do that, you know? Okay, let's get serious here. What? Sometimes, yeah. Go ahead. In the middle of the night in Kenya, what do I do? No, no, no. You eat Ritz crackers, Roy, all night long. Ritz crackers are your favorite. He eats them in Africa. He eats them in Pakistan. He eats them in, in uh, Michigan. He eats them in Indonesia. California. He eats them in Indonesia. In fact, I ate some last night. That's right. In the middle of the night, I need to put a little stuff down there, so I carry Ritz, you know. And people say, well, you sure go through a lot of Ritz. And I says, that's not come I'm so rich. No, oh, that's Ritz, okay. <laughs> I started this new journal this year. Look what I wrote. I was just so, hey, Larry, you wrote in my journal right here. I have Larry write it on my journals. He speaks good, highly of me, see. Find somebody <laughs> that will speak really good about you, okay? We don't like Job's friends very well, do we? Well, what, God speaks huh? very highly of you, too. That's right, he does. Yeah. What about dream poppers? Jill Austin used to talk about dream, dream poppers before she went to heaven. And she said, you don't need dream poppers either, do you, Charles? Say, Lord, hold your hand up again. Say, Lord, tonight I have a dream. I have a dream. And then you, it can't be too big for you. <laughs> so don't let anybody pop it. In Jesus' name. Now grab it. Come on. Grab it. Okay. Put it in your treasure box. That's your treasure box. Nobody can have it. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Let's get on with it. I wrote this here. Oh, eight. Let's see. Eight, twenty, twenty, something like eight, eight, eighteen, twenty. I don't know when that was. That was sometime this year. <laughs> this has been a very interesting. Has it been an interesting year for you guys? Oh my gosh, we never had quite an interesting year like this before, have we? Everybody said, well, what's the new normal? Wait till tomorrow, it'll be different. You know, David Ravenhill said to me one day, we were traveling in Idaho years ago, and David Ravenhill said, I'm trying to write a book. I said, what's it about? This and the image, I'm trying to get him to publish it. And I said, okay, what do you call it? And he says, for God's sake, we're up church. 
it's a, but they won't publish it. A year later, I see him. He, they published his book. But I'm telling you tonight, church, for God's sake, grow up. It's time to quit being a wimp. It's time to grow up and fulfill your destiny. See, you've got to go back to Genesis and take back your dominion and your authority, what was lost, because the devil stole it. You can blame that on your forefathers. But if you don't understand, get it going up here in this gray matter, that you can go back there and take that puppy back. You say, devil, you can't have my authority, you can't have my dominion, because it leads to what? Destiny. Hallelujah. Raise your hand again. Give him a hand. You want to go into destiny, don't you? And at this conference, you're going to learn about destiny. Me, I was 38 years old. Tried committing suicide. Didn't check out of this place because I got tired of the stuff. But see, stuff don't rule you, but it did me at one time. See, things don't rule you. Circumstances don't rule you. Stuff doesn't rule you until you understand and you figure out what's going on down here in this planet called Earth. And then once you do, you say, no, 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 devil, it's not yours. And you break the curse. Are you hearing me? The Vietnam best that I work with, which I was, oh, I'm still a veteran in God's eyes, you know, because I joined God's army now, Second Timothy says so. Go in there sometime and learn how to soldier. Too many people never signed up. They're just running from God, and they won't sign up in God's army. But Timothy tells you how to do it. Go there sometime. I challenge you tonight. That's your assignment. I challenge you to go to 2 Timothy and see how to soldier. And then guess what? Timothy sums it up with, says the soldier is. Okay, that's what we're doing in Africa, aren't we? Okay. Now, here's what I wrote, because this is sort of a, you know, uh, our intercept, one of our intercessors called us on this trip, what, two th or wrote us, what, two, three days ago, Kim? Tell them what Kim said. It's good to have intercessors, God. So, Kim said, um, Roy, I saw you in a vision last night, and in this vision, you are consecrated and serious, not like your usual uh it wasn't frolicking. It was like your jovial, uh, a spirit-filled self. You know, you were very serious and very focused. And it was like, you know, it was like, it was, it was funny because you know we always see Roy as you know, kind of cutting up, and and but she saw him as serious, you know. So it was like interesting. And consecrated. And consecrated. I said, I'll take that. I asked Sue what the word meant. Just, just kidding. <laughs> Means set good. apart. Just I in challenge case you, you if know. you're if you're on the road and you're missionaries, you need intercessor shirts. Years ago, we were ministering a lot, and the we had 25 intercessors then. We were running a church and a homeless center for in, in Southern California, and the Lord says increase your intercessors. I said, what, what what do you mean? He says double them. By that time next year, we had a hundred. I'm sorry, we had 50. And you, you must have intercessors if you're out. But also at that time was when Roy started going to Africa, and that's when he started doing a lot of traveling outside of the country. I was working at Walmart, but he was going out a lot, and as the Lord was telling us to increase the intercessors, he was going out more, and he was going out, and we were seeing greater and greater moves of the Spirit when he would go out. Give an example of 
what intercession has done. We, we, we just taught on our new site. Go to our site sometime, you guys. It's called Court, C-O-R-T, Chris, uh, Court City of Refuge Training Center. But uh, in our new site, we just got through doing a series on intercession prayer, harp and bowl. We did a whole hour on harp and bowl worship. We, we taught for two other weeks on intercession prayer. But give an example of how intercession... I'm going to have Larry do that because Larry knows that we our bacon's been saved by our intercessor before, hasn't it? That was your talk, Jim. Oh, well, that's my talk. Okay. Good video, too, by the way. Well, it was a good. Yeah, that's right. It was. Well, here. Here's the thing, guys. I was in Africa five years ago, and I got very ill. I got uh, oh, malaria, all kinds of crazy. The, the doctors tell me not to go to Africa or anywhere. And I say, well... I'm going to go to Dr. Jesus. If he says go, I go. So I got very ill. I was in bed how many days? Eight days. For eight days, Roy um, laid in bed without any strength. For eight days, Roy could barely get up. Um, he was, I'd say, going from both ends and having troubles all the way around. And we hadn't seen a doctor. And this was my first trip with Roy. And uh, I was like, oh, great. I got to take Roy home in a box. Susan's going to hate me. Yeah, give him back, and it's not going to work. But see, what what happened was then Roy started praying, and he was listening to, I think, Roland Baker tape and some other things, and um, God just started working, and uh, we were just a turn away from. We're always just a turn away from something drastic. You're always just a turn away from something that's so far out of your control that without God, you can't do anything. But with God, you make the right turn. With God, he brings people to you. And with God, he's God, and we're just the tools that he gets to use. So Roy would do this stuff the uh, first time I'd ever seen. I'm, I'm Timothy, and Roy's going, and I think, well, this guy's like Paul. You know, he's he's dying before me. What am I going to tell his wife? And, and uh, he's praying. We're praying. The whole village is praying intercessors are praying we don't even have phone signals and we're sleeping you know on the floor in, in, in places and uh, Roy starts praying and praying himself back to life and I, I kid you not could not walk prayed himself to life gets up marches and does a three four five hour marching session of worship and praise and and then preaching and then collapses this went on for a few days, and then he snapped out of it. I told him, you know, get over it, man. Just, you're not that old. Get over it. <laughs> and he did. The Holy Spirit he carried him and carried him through that. So it was, it was just that's how I met Roy. That's my first missions trip with Roy in Africa, and uh, we've been going uh, steady and strong ever since. For uh, God works when you give yourself to Him, and then you just look for the opportunity because there are so many opportunities here and abroad. There are opportunities. So that's, uh, it's not always easy, but it's always worth it, isn't it? See, the intercessors are home praying. Many times uh, we almost got killed. We almost got killed in Indonesia because Al-Qaeda was chasing us, and they stored our van, and, and they locked us up for two days, and then tried to kill me and, and my buddy. And um, anyway... The intercessors are home praying. I'm not talking about 
people just pray. It's good that people pray. It's good that people are prayer warriors. But there's somebody that's an intercessor, and an intercessor goes farther because an intercessor has travail, spirit travail, and spirit agony. Reese Howell made it very plain years ago. And then you go, and then you have spirit identification, and then you go to spirit authority. See, as intercessors, you've got to go into the spirit realm in the third heavens. And like Daniel had to pray through the prince of Persia to get to the third heaven. It took 21 days. But the point is, the intercessors must pray long, pray hard, and pray through. And too many times they don't. But if you're out there on the mission field, I can guarantee you, you want them to pray through, don't you, Charles? So give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand that there are people that will pray and will pray. See, we're not all called to go to Africa. We're called to go to our neighbor. You hear me, don't you? The Great Commission. See, too many are trying to get in early out today. Too many people went out here. In the military, we didn't really like the guys that got an early out. Are you hearing me? We like to fulfill our commission. We like to fulfill our ministries, you know. And the point is, that James said it so well. He said, consider it all joy, my brethren, as you meet with various trials, for you have what? need of endurance but he didn't stop there church he went on he said he who endures to the end and see right now people want early out I'm almost uh, 88 no how old am I uh, I'm almost 78 I'm almost 78 years old the devil tried to give me an early out a few times and I refused it are you hearing me it says in Psalms you know God has the length of your days Surely we will live. They've prayed that over me many times. Surely we will live and not die and fulfill the works of God or the Lord. So here I am in this journal for this new year. And remember when I was here two years ago, I ended up on the floor over here during worship. And I had a heavenly vision. I went out in the spirit. I had an Isaiah 6.1. And remember Isaiah, the train of the Lord filled the temple. I did an Isaiah 6.1. I had done one of them and in Hawaii in 1981 when, when the Lord, after my suicide attempt at 38 years old uh, I did one of those because the Lord took me to heaven he said I called you in Vietnam and he says here you are all these years later what's going on he says I called you to preach to be a missionary I said well I don't know how I can't do it he said no excuses he says now are you ready well here two years ago here on the floor I had another Isaiah that was the night I was going to speak, and I heard Lonnie saying, Roy, Roy, and I was still out in the spirit, and I started hearing, what's that going on? And God, the Lord has talked to me. He says, I have some more things I want you to get rid of. Anybody here tonight need stuff you got to get rid of? Yes, I do, still. Well, that's why the hoe and the, that's why the hoe and the, and the, uh, rake was going through because one was getting rid of the, the junk of the demons and one was getting rid of our own stuff. <laughs> it's the hoe that breaks up the ground, so we, we know which well, one is. Break up the fallow ground, yeah. remember? We all got fallow ground. Crusty, I was raised on a farm in Kansas. I remember that well. But here, here's what I wrote in my journal. This journal was given to me in 2020 by a very special friend, Mrs. Susie Funkin my birthday. I was 77 years old then. As the pen of a ready writer, Psalms 45, unfolds on these pages, so does the heart of God as your spiritual son exposes your heart through mine 
the transparency of my heart unfolds more this year in 2020. How many here have a moldable heart? 77 years old and God's still molding my heart? A lot of people say, well, you should have arrived. Yeah, when I get there, but I don't want an early out. I want to finish up fulfill my ministries. Are you hearing? He gave me that, of course, Psalms uh, 45, pen of a ready writer in 1981. And, and so use it. I've journaled all these years. And we've written books, but I don't. I don't write books, to, you know, to, to to make a living. No, we give our book our books all out there for free. You can you can sell yours or whatever you do. God just happened to give us enough money so we have our books for free. Our printers print. They just sent us 500 more books for free from Santa. Maria, California, 500 books before we came. They said, do you need books? Yeah, five boxes showed up. Oh, my gosh, we can't take five boxes there. Lonnie would get mad at me. Now, I, now the publishers, when we first started going to them, we were paying for our books, as, as you normally would. And one day she calls us up and says, we have been praying so that we could get enough money to come into our business so that we could give you your books for free. And God has supplied enough money so that we can give you all your books for free. They have, they have for the last year and a half. And then our friend that's 84 years old that works on the streets with us, he's on our board of our ministry, he, Tom Daly, he's an evangelist. He worked with Chuck Smith all through the years and Greg Laurie. <laughs> Tom calls, and he provides all our Gideon Bibles for us. Just sent... Larry, a whole case, and we got two more cases of Gideon's. There's some small Bibles on the table out there. Take them for your kids. We take them to Africa. Larry's got a whole uh, bunch of them ready to go to Africa again soon. But here, here's the deal. Your heart must be transparent, church. Are you hearing me? And as my heart was being exposed over here two years ago, God has been chipping at me. It took a year and a half for him to get through to me what he told me on the floor that night. I fought it tooth and nail, and I'm not going into what he said. That's my business. But the point is, he has little things he's chipping away at. And he had some things in me, and he says, Raw, you like to live in the third heavens, don't you? Yes, I, but... He says, I don't want you to be so heavenly good, you're no earthly good. But he says, ever since you came to the third heavens in 81, you have been, been experiencing this and teaching others how to go there. But the point is, you have some rough edges. And I go, well, yeah, but I, you just don't understand, God. They're too hard to get rid of. Uh, uh, it hurts. Uh, you... My soulish man don't like it. My spirit man's strong, but my mind, my will, and my emotions, my soulish person, they fight it tooth and nail. Some of you guys that think some of us evangelists and missionaries that we're, we're super ducks or something. We're not. Every day, every day we got to... You know how many... I know. Can we boast about the prayer thing that happened with us? We met in intercession prayer at a meeting in Grand Rapids because I had lost my former wife. We met at an intercession prayer meeting. 
We met at a prayer meeting. We were both intercessors. We've been married 20, going on 25 years now. So we met in a prayer meeting. Can you imagine? And we teach on prayer and all this other. But the point is, is that you got to do what you got to do that he tells you to do. And so he brought me this. But this last year, he said, I want you shut in half days. How long have we been shut in this year? Around six months. We've done half days for six months, unless we go out to minister. And, and, and I'm boasting on him. I'm telling you, it's a hard deal to do. But see, 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 I worked secularly, even though I was disabled out of the military. I didn't take a pension because living, losing these body parts, my back was broken half and and seven and a half body parts, and, and then I had cancer three times and a bunch of other stuff. So what else? What's stopping anyone else? I'm still going. It wasn't real easy to get up today. We've been on the road three days. Come on. Carrying those. I got Lonnie to carry that heavy suitcase. I really <laughs> felt bad about that. When you took that, that was Susan's heavy suitcase, so I figured you could take it up with her. I kept thinking. God, how am I going to get that suitcase up them stairs? I don't know how. And then Lonnie said, I'll take it. I said, good, it's yours. <laughs> so I was, you saved my back, Lonnie. So the point is, guys, what's your excuse? See, he's put a, he's put a mandate on you, and that's between you and him. In 1981, after my suicide attempt, he says, I've been trying to get your attention ever since Vietnam when you got baptized and I, and, and, and you followed me for a while until circumstances come along and knocked you out of the saddle. So he says, now I bring you back after a suicide attempt. What do you do? You shook your fist at me on the beach in North Shore, Hawaii? He said, I forgive you. He said, you're a real jerk sometimes. God, God speaks frankly. Come on. How many... I know this is an interesting place we're going. We're going to show this film in a minute. Maybe. Uh, these guys know me. Uh, so anyway, here's the deal. Where was I, where was I going with this, Funk? You were going with a grow-up church. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was bad. How many here want to grow up? See, so God has chosen you. See, say, say Lord, tonight I choose be chosen. Did you hear yourself say that? Come on, say it again out loud. Lord, tonight I choose to be chosen. Now get up every day and say that. See, you've got to choose to be chosen. See, you're not the frozen, chosen frozen, as some say. That's a cliche, I guess. I don't know. But the point is, I'm not religious, I'm not legalistic, and I'm not denominational. I'm relational. I was too much into that other stuff at one time, and it killed me. And when YWAM come along after me laying on the beach there, North Shore Y, I don't know what to do, God. And I wouldn't go to church, so I went in this beach park, North Shore Y, and they were singing these praise songs with a guitar with flip-flops and a, you know, what do you call it, those shirts you wear when you're a surfer? Yeah, why? I was, I was a surfer. So anyway, <laughs> the point is, is that God will accept you, but then he'll give you a mandate and a promise. He says, I chose you, remember, in Vietnam. I'm calling you back now. You shook your fist at me. 
and I didn't slam dunk you? He says, because just as Enoch, was it Enoch? Who, who walked with God? Well, Adam and Eve walked with God every day, remember? In the coolness of the day. God was pretty smart, wasn't he? He wouldn't get his, no. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why God said in the coolness of the day? He did it more for Adam and it better fit than anybody, you know, even though there was a water canopy over the earth then. But the point is, is that God would like to walk with you in the coolness of the day, church. You gotta talk with him, you gotta walk with him, you gotta hear him, you gotta see him. And when you get used to that, you'll miss it if it doesn't increase. And I refused to accept a pension after those days and so I worked for 33 and a half years and and, and, and God sustained me and but the point is is that we all have a job but I still was a missionary you 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 can still do what you do as you do it you've just got to make a resolve so you got to choose to, let's say it one more time I choose to be chosen every day. And when you, in the middle of the night, I wake up. James, the Lord always has me pray James four seven. Sometimes at least twice a night. And I, last night on my pillow, I lean over and go, "Hi, Dad. Hi, Abba." I pray James four seven again. I submit myself unto you. I resist the enemy of my soul. I thank you for your peace and rest. Because if you don't have peace and rest, you can't do the do. Nobody hardly has peace and rest today. you got to do a John 15, abide in the vine. Corey Tinboom said you must nestle, not wrestle. you got to learn to nestle with God, with Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and walk with him in the cool of the day. So then I went on last night, and I said, God, teach me as I sleep. Then I said, God, I said, heal me as I sleep. And then I said, God, if I have dreams not seeing you, wake me quickly and I'll deal with them, okay? And then I said, if, if then I said, will you give me dreams and vision to give me interpretation tonight? I do that sometimes two, two times a night. You know, Roy, um, in Corinthians, it says... First Corinthians. Uh, it says, uh, do everything as unto the Lord. And one of the major things that I believe the American people have lost is that God wants to bless you in your work. He wants to bless you in your home. He wants to bless you in your free time. He wants to bless you while you're sleeping. He wants to be a part of everything we do. It's not, you know, for a long time, we always heard like, well, this is work, and then God is on Sunday. That isn't where God wants to be. He doesn't want to be stuck in a little box over here. God wants to be a part of everything you do. God wants to, he wants to open your mouth and have you speak out at work. And he wants you to open your mouth and speak out when you're in the park and tell people about him and about his goodness and how much he loves them and how much, he, well, he loves us all and how much he cares because we have gotten to a place where we have segmented him into this little tiny box. We've taken him out of politics. We've taken him out of, out of our, our media. We've taken him out of our 
workplaces. We've taken them out of our schools. And we've segmented him into this little box on Sunday. And he says, that's, that's, not, that's not cutting it, kids. It's just not cutting it. And if you continue upon this path, you'll completely lose me. I, you'll just walk right ahead and walk away, walk away and walk away from me. And he wants, he wants us to get up in the morning and say, God, how can I open my mouth because we need to speak everything out. He started it. He started this principle. Voice activated. He started the principle by, by speaking the world into existence. He spoke the universe into existence. It doesn't say he formed, you know, he took his hands and he formed it and then he spit into it, you know, none of that stuff. He spoke it. So he started the precedent. He said, this is how you do it, folks. And so when we speak it out, and we speak out his goodness, we speak out his kindness, we establish him in that place. And then as we establish the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit, which is kingdom of God, as we establish it where we're at, then it continues to grow as we speak it out. And then people start to grab a hold of it. They may not grab a hold of the whole thing at once, but as you're speaking it, every time you speak it, they grab a hold of some more. And you'd be surprised at how many times when I was at work, and I would, I would, I would just be, you know, I would just say some scripture or something, would be talking to people, and they'd ask me about something, and I'd tell them the principle of what's in the Bible, and all of a sudden. The secular person over here is telling, I'm hearing him tell somebody else over here. And, well, you, you should heard what Sue said about this. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like going, really? <laughs> you know, I'd be like, thank you, God. Thank you. I, I didn't think that person even looked at me because they were like rolling their eyes in the back of the head while I was saying it. So I didn't think they listened. But whether or not they listened and grabbed it for themselves, they spread it. So you're establishing more of the kingdom of God, whether or not. You know, that person grabs a hold of the whole thing. Say we're That's exactly what we are. We're kingdom builders, we're kingdom establishers, we are kingdom we are kingdom in, encouragers, we are, we are That's the word I want to say, expanders. Well I, I I mean I'm in full agreement with these two for sure. Um twenty twenty's been ugly. I mean if that's not somebody you want to date, 2020. <laughs> so let me tell you, if you don't have opposition, if the devil's not hitting you straight in the face right now, well, maybe you're going the same direction as the devil. You know? So, so it, learn to recognize the opposition, but also learn that right now we're so broken, the world is so broken, and and, and everything that we say, you know, James one James one seventeen says, God gives nothing but good gifts to His children. He gives nothing but good. And and so when you hear something that's not good, you know, give that person some forgiveness. It's not them; it's the enemy who's coming to kill and destroy and to lie and to take away your 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 faith and to break down you with fear. And He's destroying us. He's always destroying us. If we listen to the things that are negative, they are not God. So, you know, um, I have a friend, she says this all the time, when it comes at you that way, you got to be a bullfighter and you got to olay it. 
No, just push it this way and push it that. And, and you don't have to let it stick you. And especially when it comes from your loved ones. Because they're just hurt as just as bad as we are right now. Our friends, our friends, our family, they're going to say stuff. And, and, you know, it's not them, it's the enemy. And, and what does the word say? It says, out of your mouth, from the belly of your stomach, comes what? Blessings, rivers of life, blessings, or curses. Uh, Larry, how do we speak life to people when we're out in the trenches? What I like, what I like to remember is that I'm just the tool. I'm just the tool that God is using, and and when I rec- when I recognize that my whole life has been given up to Him, I've been ransomed by His blood. I'm moving through Him. I have to look through cross from from the my high spot to my chin or down here on my heart and across my eyes see when I see through the cross and I see Jesus and I see what he sees then I'm not I'm not hazy and unfocused California our whole country our whole state is burning down right now and there's smog in the air and you see through it and it irritates you it irritates your eyes. They're always red. They're always hurting. And uh, your lungs are hurting. All this is going on. And there's a fire on the hill, and you're seeing the glows at night. And you're seeing all beautiful sunsets, but that's just because it's going through a filter of smoke. Larry, what's the difference between position and possession? When the, when, when the Father in heaven, Abba, looks down here through the cross to us, how, what what does he see? Position or or he does he say possession? What, where does he see you guys? Yeah. He sees you as his sons, as his daughters, as his bride, yes. as his DNA. And and I always say that same thing. Once I was saved, I got born again. My DNA changed. There, you know, there's talk out there right now. They want to change our DNA. Okay, but mine's already been changed. I have God's DNA. I have the Holy Spirit's DNA. And that makes me a spiritual creature in this physical world. Because I know where I'm going, so I have joy. I don't have to be afraid. I know where I end up. And like Roy was saying earlier, sometimes I want the early out. You know, Lord, it's getting kind of sticky in here. Let's let's go. You know, can't you please? Well, we're supposed to look for his return. But we're also supposed to persevere, right? Remember in Africa... Things would get really tough, and we took uh, another brother that was a pastor in Southern California, Mark, with us, and and Mark was uh, a newbie, and uh, he had been pastoring for a short time in Southern California, so we took him to Africa, and, and then in the early morning, he'd see me underneath my, my prayer shawl, or under a blanket, or my hoodie, and he would see us under there sometimes for an hour, you, and, you know, and we were in different... I think he and I bunked together, and you had your own room that time in the orphanage. We were in our orphanage. We have an orphanage. Doesn't matter. We started several. But anyway, uh, later that, just a little later that morning, he says, "Roy, I can't do that." And I says, "Why?" And he says, "I don't have a prayer shawl." I said, "You got a blanket." Right. So the next morning, around 6 a.m. or so, I'm under there, and and sometimes I would go out with the chickens because then the chickens would peck my Bible. Anyway, you got to find a quiet place. It's hard. But the next morning, he's under his blanket. 
Why do you have to do that? And later he said, Oh my gosh, Roy, it worked! He prayed for an hour in tubs. When you're out there and about, use the gifts God gave you. See? Because if you don't, you're toast, huh? You are, you are. And, and with the intercession, uh, we, we would have... We had asked our intercessors, when you're getting something, I remember my parents were praying, and, and this is the first time they had seen me go away and do stuff, and, and they were praying, and I said, well, when something comes to mind, and you're praying, and you stop what you're doing to pray, write it down. And man, we're 14,000 miles away from each other, and at the exact time, at night for us, and at daytime for them, they were praying, and we were going through something. So we're journaling what's going on, and hey, this is attack. This is what's happening. This woman's possessed by a spirit, and we're having trouble, and we need to kick her out of the group. And you know, and I, I remember she was by the fire, and she was going down, and and they were everybody got all twisted up about fixing it. And I went over with my Bible, and I said, in Jesus' name, stop it. And she shut up. Is that when we were in Uganda? That was under the magnolia we're way tree. Way in the bush. We called it the night under the mango tree. And they didn't start the meeting till 9 o'clock at night. And they, the, the witch doctors were everywhere. And we were so far out in the bush, it was in the bush. It was out there. And you better be connected, I can guarantee you, because every demon in hell is going to come out. And it did. And then they sent me out to find the privy, remember? I needed to go to the privy really bad. Well, it's down there and then over there in the dark. You really you, want to tell them all about this? You what? <laughs> but every demon in hell comes out in these trips. But it does in the U.S. too. They just wear different shirts. That's right. They just have different costumes over here, you know. So... Back to this thing of how, how do you walk with God in the corners of the day? You get snuggy-wuggy with him, that's what. Just like I said, Corey Toomboom taught me that. Being a, a Vietnam vet, I was pretty screwed up. I was a PA, as you guys all know, in a cardiovascular and open-heart unit, teaching that, and we went to Vietnam in a mass unit, and that was really a mess, you know. I was messed up when I got home. So how does God get through our messes up? Well, you got to give them to him first. But you got to listen to him on how to break the curses. They put three curses on us at Vietnam vets. The Buddhist monks did while we were there. We researched that, found them, and we broke them. And the, the vets we work with now, we break them. I just broke them off a, a man a year ago at a tent meeting we did. We do tents, too, and stuff. But... Uh, he says, I hear that you can help me, and he hadn't slept all night since Vietnam. I broke the curses off him under that tent that night. The next, and then we were traveling, we came back a few weeks, and he said, i got to talk to you. And I said, what's going on? He said, I slept all night. The first night you prayed for me. Are you hearing me? Give the Lord a hand. Come on, come on. This is real stuff. We're dealing with real issues, but it's been happening ever since Adam and Eve. They mucked up. So the man Enoch comes along. Will you walk with me, Dad? You're cool. He got so close to God, he walked into heaven. 
the Lord had. Are you hearing me? This is the kind of God we serve. Get to know him. Get to know his character. Get to know the nine fruit of his spirit. Get to know love, power, wisdom, and justice as part of his attributes. Get to know him so well. He knows everything. He knows every little thought. Well, God, I let that one slip, and he said, I heard it. <laughs> Are you hearing me? So when you're walking with him, learn to just love him. And he told me, I didn't think he could forgive me of all the junk I had done. I was 38 years old. And now he's still forgiving me at 77. And even laying on the floor over here that night, and he, he said, I want you to correct these issues. And, of course, Isaiah, remember, Isaiah was already in ministry. But Isaiah needed correction, too, by verse 8. He says, Lord, here am I, send me. How? He got his tongue burnt with a coal from the heavenly altar. Let the Lord burn your tongue with a coal from the heavenly altar from time to time. It's necessary, church. And sometimes he kicks you in the gluteus maximus. You know? Sometimes he has to give you a good old swift kick like daddy did. You know, or a switch or whatever. We was raised on the farm. We got it pretty good sometimes. I'm going to finish this little thing here, and then we're going to talk a little more about yeah, but I want to see this little film that Larry and I did. But see, as I went on here, I said that if I, I wanted to have my heart be transparent before the Lord this year, and my heart unfolds more up to this year, 2020. The, now listen to this. The fire of God's heart only burns brighter as this earth suit that I live in, this earth suit, that's 77 years old, in this dimension. What dimension are we living in, church? See, third, that's the third heavens up there, then the second heavens where the enemy lives, and down here is the first heaven. But what, what kind of dimensional thinking do you have, church? Did you know there's more than one dimension? There's many, many dimensions. So learn to live in God's heavenly dimension, which is the glory realm at the throne, which I call the third heavens. You've heard me talk on it many, many times because I went there in 1981. Then I went there again that night here. God will take you wherever you allow him to go. There is no limit, church. And so I went on here and I said, here in this dimension called earth until I am swallowed up to the third heavens for eternity. Did you hear that? I am here in this dimension until you swallow me up to the third heavens for eternity. And I'm not trying to get an early out. You ask this guy. You ask any of my other buddies. You ask my buddy uh, Bill Henderson the power team guy that saved my bacon in Indonesia when the Al-Qaeda grabbed me and they were killing me. So the other day, I kind of got slapped in the face because this gentleman made this comment and I went, oh. He said, you know, here in the United States, we are so spoiled that every time we have a lot of chaos or turmoil, we think that the rapture's coming and we're ready to go. 
you know, we are so, we are very blessed here and we are very spoiled and God, you know, is, is just an awesome God and he just wants us all to occupy till he comes so that we would just all have the mindset and the attitude that, Lord, regardless of what it looks like around me, I want to stand in the place that you have planted me and open my mouth and speak out your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, your glory, your awesomeness, and, and your power, your might. And I want to establish the kingdom here, and I want to grow it. So stand your feet firm, church. Come on, right where you're at. Stand your feet and plant them firm. You think Paul wanted an early out? Have you ever counted up how many times he almost got martyred? Before he was a lot. Remember the time they uh, lowered him over the basket on the wall, and he lived to preach another day. See, God has a plan. And Paul then was martyred when it was his time. See, when I was in India, when I was in Pakistan, uh, I went to a martyr cemetery. A hundred bodies there, and they were, their innocent blood was crying out, and it made me sick to my stomach because I, I feel the innocent blood even in Gettysburg. In D.C., I, I feel the innocent blood. When I go by certain places, I the, I feel the innocent blood. See, the, but the point is, is when I was in the, when I was in Pakistan, I preached and they had AK-47s guarding me. They tried to kill me every time I was preaching over there, me and my buddy. And, and, but the point is, is that the Lord told us to go over there and teach on the house church. So I taught six. They smuggled in 40 pastors from. Uh, from underground churches the first night I was there, even from Vietnam, and all of them got, all 40 of them by midnight got the Holy Spirit. So I, we laid hands on every one of them. They all got it. Then my brother, buddy, he died. Before I left, we were preaching in, in his underground church, and they saw him and I walking arm in arm. And the, from the mosque, they saw him. We didn't know they saw us. And his name was Saeed. And three days after I left, they cut his throat and broke his legs. See, I mean, it, it's a real deal over there. And, and, and so we were ministering to to them in, in, in Pakistan recently on, on uh, over our, uh, our iPads. And, and we had, what, 100 pastors the other day when we were doing this. And Pastor John says to me, he said, Pastor Roy, he said, how many of you guys will be martyred or have been martyred in the U.S.? I was on our couch and we were teaching, you know, a hundred pastors in Pakistan, and I just sat there stunned. Well, I don't know any Pastor John. Not yet, but California's getting close. So are you hearing me, guys? This thing is coming down the pike real fast right now. This is a wake-up call. You need to be a firebrand. You need to get on the watchtower. You need to do what? What's the saying, Isaiah? Uh, uh, 52 it says awake awake I read the scripture over here just earlier at 55 we walk into the villages what do they do they say ho why did they say ho Larry because we taught them to say ho to reach out for the whole they say it in their own language they say ho because they want to move in the Holy Spirit they want to move in the Lord they say now now is the time let's go ho so they got it Oh! Come on, church. Ho! Oh! I don't think so. Do it again. Come on. 
And we looked out, and Sue and I were eating lunch, and they were still wanting to stay out there. They were baptizing each other. <laughs> Are you kidding? They were baptizing each other. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Well, Larry, let's you and Sue and I move over there so we can see this film, and then we'll, we'll sum up here in a little bit. Cypher, and we are kicking it uh, back in his office a little bit. This is the court office, and uh, I've been here in Oklahoma for a conference, a leadership conference, and uh, it's been it's been spectacular. Um, spending time here with you, Roy, I, I've been I've been just blessed by by your hospitality and, and your home and all that we're doing. And I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity. Uh, we've had 15 or 20 people come through. Uh, we had a great four or five days of actual teaching, worship, uh, uh, that praise and worship, prayer, um, lots of prayer. We had great time of prayer. Amen. Um, the Holy Spirit has dropped many times. And I uh, just want to thank you for giving us that opportunity. Well, you're welcome, and you all come back now. <laughs> we will. That that totally is Southern hospitality, and that's sure. what you, that's what you get when you're here with Roy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Roy, I wanted to talk to you since we since since I work in Africa with Like Christ Ministries, mm -hmm. and I uh, have been there uh, just recently before this whole COVID thing came out. It's been I got to tell you, it's been it's been crazy hard to mm -hmm. do COVID. And, and uh, be locked down and some other things. Even air travel in the U.S. has been a little bit harder than we've ever seen before. 2020 is uh, uh, turning out to be quite a different kind of year, isn't it? Well, yes, and, and Larry, uh, you and I had some of these visions, what, 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, yeah when and, we started. Uh, now they're opening up. Uh, court here was a vision and a dream we had, Sue and I, and it came together and some of our conferences this was our third conference here right, right. and uh, they were well attended you know even uh, though the uh, what's going on right now so uh, what's ahead there well I, don't, I you know I, I don't I don't know uh, what the future holds I know that uh, in not too long we're gonna you're gonna be coming to California Yes. I'll be glad to have you there in California. We're going to two or three weeks. Yes, we'll we'll hang out. Lord well and crypto ride. Well, you know, if it does, we'll still swim it, won't we? We will. Yeah, probably some backstrokes for me. Backstroke. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's that's good. I I can float. You Believe can, me, I can float. Oh, okay. We can. Uh, well, yeah. There's some. There's some. There's been these uh, a beach revival lately in mm -hmm. California. Yes. People are getting saved on the beach. Uh, there's been uh, a wave like in the early '70s during the Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. um, People are saying, you know, forget this coat, the Corona Bologna stuff. Yeah. What are we going to do? We're going to go out to the beach. We're going to share the gospel. We're going to go to church. We're going to do these things, and and we're able to do that through house church, which is mm -hmm. one of those things that even corporate churches are beginning to 
to uh, look at. They're calling them gatherings, they're calling them small groups, they're calling them cell groups, they're calling them all these different things, even Bible studies, but they're becoming more than that because people need a place to worship, to study, to, to pray, to fellowship, yeah. and, and to be a part of one another's lives. And, and we're going to hook up with other ministries, George Elias, Powerful Witness Ministry, Brian Jordan, uh, over there in uh, San Marcos area, and some others that we've been uh, partnering with many, many years. Right. It, it, it's a team effort, isn't it? It's always a team effort. Yes, it is. Uh, we are one body, one church, one mm -hmm. bride, and, and that's what makes the difference in the world and in our lives. Yeah. Uh, the church. I mean, we are spiritual creatures mm -hmm. because we have the DNA of the Holy Spirit in us, yeah. and that makes us, uh, that sends us to heaven. And that's what is really great is that we're saved and we get mm -hmm. to go to heaven. Well, uh, we want to take others with us, don't we? Absolutely. Uh, our biggest uh, scripture that we like to model after is uh, Proverbs, of course, uh, okay. you know, 11, 11 verse 30. 11 verse 30. Uh, he who wins souls is I wise. I was wise, yes. <laughs> Boy, that one's Hey, funny. I'm so glad we're wise. <laughs> <laughs> very wise, very wise. Hey, uh, we're, we're hoping uh, and planning right now to go back to the Navajo Nation and yes. give them some support. Mm -hmm. uh, the Navajo Nation, uh, if, if our audience doesn't know, has been completely locked down. They had a severe yeah. epidemic with the COVID yes, they and that, that flu bug that it is. And so if that opens up, we're going to take some supplies, food, clothing, uh, other necessary items mm -hmm. and, and drop them off. Um, we actually have some favor with the president, the Nez Pierce, uh, mm -hmm. pre President Nez there, uh, of, of, the, of the nation. So mm -hmm. uh, that's been uh, just a total blessing. So that could happen in about three or four weeks, which I look forward to also. And a few weeks ago, we partnered with uh, George Elias, uh, Brian Jordan, and a number of others. Right. We weren't able to travel ourselves, right. but we did uh, send them some shackles. That's right. And and, and always giving is, is an important thing. Yeah. And and you know, uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about our churches in Africa. Right. Um, uh, through the Outreach Fellowship International Church, which was started back in 2005. Grab that little thing right where is it? Oh, I was going to show them a picture of one of our house churches. Oh, well, that, that would, I I had it right we'll here. get to that. It, <laughs> it, it's, it's, and we're, we're here in the studio of, of Roy's office, and yeah. and it is it is full of all kinds of neat things. But as, as we're here, um, we're, we're enjoying this. And so yes, let, let me talk a little bit about that. Uh, I was there in February, I was there February, uh, in January, February, mm -hmm. and I was supposed to stay through March, and then the COVID hit. And the border at Uganda got shut down, completely yeah. shut down. No, None of our pastors were able to visit with us. None of our leaders were able to come across, uh, all those house church leaders. And then I just got out the day before they shut down Kenya completely and back in the United States when it got shut down on March 15th. So getting out was God's, God's blessing, absolutely God's blessing in my life, and, and I'm totally thankful and I'm here now and I'm, I'm healthy and safe and I'm totally thankful for that. Well, we, we watched a video this morning, a brief one that uh, David Hogan had done here. Right, week, right. And David had uh, almost got locked off in India there, his team. They were they were, mm -hmm. they were were experiencing the same thing that I was. As, yeah. as missionaries do, when you go about um, and God says get up and go, you get up and go. Now, how, how important is it to hear from the Spirit and to 
see in the spirit on these trips and before and after we, we do these things. <laughs> it's, it's paramount to your success yeah. and to maybe even your life. That's right. So, yeah, it is. It is it, we have to pray. We have to fast. We have to take communion together. And, and then we have to teach what God has put upon our hearts sure. um, and, and, and trust that he will speak through our mouths uh, and give the word of knowledge that he needs and not it, that's not from us. Right. In, in Kenya now, they've been locked down, and, and they're just now releasing their house churches. So their house churches are going, but they've got some, they've got some uh, restrictions. Uh, nobody 13 and younger can go out in public. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty and, and nobody 56 years and older is allowed to go uh -oh. out. Uh -oh. I know, I know. That's uh, can we go? I don't know. <laughs> but they can go, but at, at their own risk type sure. of thing. But they're suggesting that they don't go at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was talking with uh, with Pastor Isaac uh, at uh, MEHH. This is one of our orphanages that we've been supporting, and and he leads the leaders of many house churches for mm -hmm. us uh, this week and. And I was asking him, well, well, Pastor, what what are your needs? What's going on right now? Well, with no commerce available, mm -hmm. and he said that their crops were yielding one-fifth this year because oh, of the rains and the other things that are going on. Now, that's enough for him to sustain his group of people, which is about 60 people collectively right, right there, several families, mm -hmm. and then uh, his, his four or five other local house churches in his village mm -hmm. that are coming to him. And I was asking him what his needs were, and he said that his needs were about $700 a month, which which really only comes out to about a dollar and a quarter per person per yeah. day. Okay. And that's just for the basic food mm -hmm. needs, sanitary supplies, soap for their clothes, that kind of thing. Okay. There's no extras, no meat, no anything. So I was talking to him about that, and then um, you know they had they had an issue this year. They lost a water tank, and that water tank is going to be pivotal in the upcoming months. Mm -hmm. They they need fifteen hundred dollars to put another five thousand gallon water tank on top of their tower, mm -hmm. so that they have water storage. Yeah, they, they have the we put in the pump in the well just several years ago, but to have the water storage right for the for the upcoming dry season. Because, you know, as you know, you remember being there uh, together with me when, when all those people were coming and they were, they call it getting in the queue with their right. big yellow water bottles and they would stand in line oh, yeah. to fill up those bottles and they all have clean water in that village. Well, I remember uh, when I started there, uh, the first trip, I don't know how long ago it was, about 10 years, 11 years ago. Sure. Uh, they're, they were sending the kids down over the hill to that's right. to Waibuye Falls. That's right. And uh, they had to haul the water every day. Yeah, it's about two miles. It's a two-mile trek mm -hmm. up and down that, that hill to uh, mm -hmm. uh, Bradford Falls, but yeah. we call it Trinity Falls and because they had, it breaks off into three And they had points. that uh, uh, small, shallow water well, that's and, right. and it dried up for about half the year. It, it would dry up, and they're oh. coming into that. Beginning in October will right. be their dry season beginning. Um, with all those families, all those mouths to feed, all those right. people at home, plus the uh, ability to do a new crop for the, mm -hmm. for a summer crop, which they've sure. always been able to do since they've had the well, sure. would be a, a huge blessing. So their needs are there. They, they still need another bull. Um, there was, uh, well, any farm animal that wasn't locked up was either stolen, taken, right. or eaten by one of their neighbors. Now, when I first went there... Uh, 
All they had was critters. That's right. When I say critters, I don't talk about domestic critters. No. So, and so you had to fight off the eat your food. That's and, right. And, and we didn't. We had a little oil lamp. That's and, right. And this was. And now they, they they've had so much, but then the elements come, and then you have to rebuild. You have to do this or exactly. or, or pray in more. And uh, since this is a faith-based ministry and has been from day one. As Robert Fitz encouraged us, and as uh, we had already been working in most of us, mm -hmm. uh, we've seen some miracles, haven't we? Yeah, we've seen many miracles there. Mm -hmm. We've seen we've seen a church, uh, a house church of about fifteen people grow to nearly fifteen hundred people, yes. and several house churches and several mm -hmm. pastors. And yeah. We've had the pleasure of ordaining many leaders mm -hmm. as they've grown, and their church groups are from ten to twenty-five people mm -hmm. meeting all over the all over the West Nation of Kenya, now, all over how, West how Kenya. How far out does our network go? We just started there in Waibuye, right? And then it, we had visions and dreams about it going, and now how how far and wide? Well, it's about it, it, it goes about an hour and a half's drive to the to the east in, yeah. into Eldoret. Okay. It goes about two hours north past Mount Elgin. Okay. It goes to the south about three hours down to Kasumu area, mm -hmm. and all the way to the Uganda border in the Bagoma area. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, we're seeing them reach out and and settle up churches. Also across the border in Uganda. We have just as almost equal amount of, of pastors and churches mm -hmm. in the Uganda wow, basin, which is is oh, is is other things. <laughs> and so, uh, it, it's a great ministry, like Christ Ministries, Point Man Ministry, taking it to the streets. Uh, all come out of this court ministry here, mm -hmm. where the City of Refuge Training Center, mm -hmm. which we're sending out many more pastors as we go, many more leaders and missionaries year by year, which is what our conference is all about. Um, what a blessing it has been uh, to partner with you, Roy, through well, all you. of this. One of the things that we tried to encourage is that our house churches don't get so large, uh, and when they get a certain amount, 15, 20 people, that they become pregnant. Right. And in that, then they reproduce and give way to another and that's why we've had such growth that's uh, true what is our growth factor these days well we're we're we're, we're well over a hundred churches yes and uh in in west kenya uh that means that uh if a family uh grows to 20 or more people then we ask them to split off with another leader right and then that puts another house church in another area mm -hmm. uh further and closer to their village and to their family and friends uh -huh. And uh, that kind of growth has been so exponential that wow. uh, we've seen uh, the Holy Spirit move and, mm -hmm. and, and make things happen. We are they're they're constantly sending or they're currently constantly sending out uh, groups of two, then groups of two to go out and lead uh, lead people to the Lord, and then after three or four weeks there, they they will establish a new church and uh, it'll grow. There's no overhead. There's no cost. It's simple church, actually. Yeah. It's the Church of Acts, where they will go. They share the gospel. People get saved. They get come. They become on fire for the mm -hmm. Lord, and they share with their family. Their lives are changed eternally through the house church program. Now, what part has the Holy Spirit played in all this? Well, 
you know, it's the Holy Spirit that goes through our voice okay. and, and connects with them. So out there today, then... Uh, then know. it's the Holy Spirit that, mm -hmm. that does the work, okay. that touches the heart, touches the soul, and then infuses, infuses us so that we can grow and move forward. Wow. So, in other words, it's the power to perform that which we cannot, Acts chapter 2? Absolutely. Uh, what about Acts chapter 4, where it talks about another impartation? Well, the second, the second impartation is when, of course, when we we ask the Holy Spirit yeah. for His power, and it says in, in Acts four twenty that then they went out boldly. They went out oh. boldly and told people about Christ, yeah, not stupidly, but boldly, right? With power and authority Ooh. of heaven themselves well, within them. Yes. Shall we invite uh, any that would see this film today uh, to be a part of this work? We would. We would ask that if you if you've seen this today and and you feel that you are able to or would like to support our ministry, just contact us, direct message us, or, or Facebook us, and we'll we'll help you. Um, we'll help you connect to make provision. Um, we don't really ask, and, and this is the first time I've ever done this on camera, but I would say that there are, there are several needs, even in third world countries right now, where we can make a difference as, as a small group. Mm -hmm. So we pray that you would your heart would be touched and you would pray for us. Well, then you can go on our site. We have a site called RoyCypher.com. It'll take you to court, and we have... Uh, Icons right. or wherever you call them on there. Yeah, lots of buttons to Little connect button. all over the place. <laughs> well, let's uh, we'll close this out now, and we'll probably do another here short one. Okay. And we ask that uh, that you be blessed wherever you are right Thank now. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And keep the prayers coming now. Come on, intercession prayer. Okay. Lord hand. I've been doing this 30 years, and Sue and I 25 almost, and Larry, nice many years, huh, Larry? How long have you been doing it? Well, with you guys about, I don't know, since 2005. Yeah, I've been saved a long time. Yeah, a long, long time. And the point is, see, you must have a vision, because without a vision, you, you'll have nothing. So, right now, the Lord is accelerating everything. He's accelerating the ability to be able to get intimate with him. He's accelerating this time, and of course the evil one is coming at us all like crazy because he doesn't, he's trying to, once again, step between us and our destiny and between us and our victory and between us and God. But he... The Lord wants us right now 
to get really, really close to him because he wants to just explode his glory all over this world. And he wants to use us to do it. He doesn't want us to touch his glory. He wants us to, to just allow him to display his glory through us. And because this is such a vital time to allow yourself to get so close to him that when he comes up to you and says, hey, go over to that corner over there and stand on your head because I want to I save this whole nation of people. And you won't even think twice about it. You'll say, for your glory, God, I'll go stand on my head over there in that corner. Even if I can't stand on my head, you'll make it happen. So this is the time, though. And so don't, don't hold back. Don't hold back. Open yourself up to him. Every day say, God, I just want to be so close to you. I want to know you. Help me to stay focused. Holy Spirit, empower me to stay focused so that I can, I can be a part of what you're doing. So I can let you just so complete me that between you and me, we're just, there's nothing, and we can just flow as one. And we want to see your glory just explode all over this world. So this is a time. This is a time to, to really chase after that. Embrace it. Just allow yourself when you think, oh, no, I've got to do that. And God says, no, no, come here just for a minute. I want to talk to you. Let whatever it was that you thought was so stinking important go. Sit down and go, God, I need you so much. I just want to be with you so much. Because that is what's going to, that's what's going to make the difference. Not only in your life, but all over the world. You must have a vision. I had a vision for Northridge in 1966 in Vietnam. I worked with orphans. I had a vision for an orphanage. Now we work with about five. We work with so many kids, it's unreal. And God feeds them every month. And then he has us go to Pakistan and start rescuing the slaves out of the brick camps. And we're doing them now. And I, I don't know how he's doing this, but we never say, Lord, we don't have it. We never say that because we know he has it. So whoever here tonight wants more of him. How many here tonight want more? Okay. So, Susie, are you, Larry, you want to pray for that or you want Sue to pray for all right, we pray that they'll have more. Susie, Susie touches the hem of his garment, I guarantee you. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight we want to recognize you as the Most High God, as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, as the most majestic, beautiful person ever. And Lord, we just want to recognize you as the one who loves us so much with all your glory and your splendorousness that you want to spend every moment of every day with us. And that blows my mind every day because you care and you love us so much 
but you want to be a part of everything. You don't want this just to be a, a hi God, you know, help me out today, see you later. You want to be so intimate with us and so so available to just bless and bless and bless us and correct us and to keep us in a place where we are so full of your love and your glory that you know, we can just we can just open our mouth and things can change in a second. So we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Tonight we just want more of you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would just fill us to overflowing right now. We ask that your Holy Spirit would bring a subsequent infilling, but a more intimate infilling too. That you would just break down everything. Break down everything that would hold us back from being able to flow smoothly with your awesomeness and with your direction and your action and your provision and all the things that you want to do. We just want to be available. We want to be that open vessel as your spirit just blows through us explode onto the scene and, and darkness must flee and demons must flee and, and your kingdom is established in that place and continues to grow from that place to everywhere it goes with the people who are there so today Lord each one of us want that right now that we can have that explosion, that inner explosion that, that goes out. We don't want anything less than your best, Lord, because you want to give us your best. You don't want to give us second hand. We're asking for restoration, Lord. We're asking for restoration of that, that excitement, that purity of heart from the day that we got saved where we felt that Holy Spirit for the first time explode within us, and we went, oh, what was that? That was so amazing. I can't even think of anything else I'd rather do than just just be, be with you. Take us beyond that, Lord. Take us to that place where it's all your joy and your peace and your and your sometimes I think you get giddy when you're with us. You just, you're just like, wow, you came to see me. I just love you so much. I'm so happy to see you. And Lord, we want to be those people that when, when we walk into the room, your eyes light up. Your eyes say, that's my daughter. That's my son. I'm so proud of them. I'm so happy to see them. Even if it's only been a second ago that we were <laughs> we walked out of the room and walked right back in. So Lord, today we just ask for that, that overflow of your spirit just to pour upon us. We 
want to be one as you are one, Lord. We want to be one with you as Jesus was with the Father. We ask, Lord, too, for the body of Christ, that the body of Christ would be one. You called us to be one as you are one with the Father. So we call forth today, Lord, maturity. We call forth today, Lord, unity. We call forth today, Lord, that grace to be able to lay down everything that would come between us and you. That your Holy Spirit would empower us to just melt into you.